we've given considerable attention to first foundation of mindfulness, mindfulness of body, mindfulness of body breathing, and that can continue to be a basis for your sitting and walking practice. With the fourth morning of the fourth day, and you can invite yourself to come deeper and wider into what that first foundation offers. So by that, I mean establishing your seat more and more clearly and fully. Letting yourself be receptive to body, to its breathing. Letting the out-breath take you Just in the way I described the foot touching the earth yesterday where we can relinquish. With the out-breath, we can relinquish our holding ourselves apart and let it show us and take us deeper and wider into a relationship where we both sense deeply and see clearly. Of course the mind will still do its thing. (laughs) Right, that's okay, that's what we're going to be working with. It's not like you should suddenly be deep and wide and stuff isn't going on, right? And what we're doing, actually, is learning the basis and building up the tools where we can really handle that skillfully. But today, when you can, not setting the target of, okay, I've got to practice this all day. When I tell myself that thought, I sometimes despair. Right, I've got to do this all day. No. This breath, can I relinquish my grip just with this breath? Not for the rest of the day. Not for the rest of my life. (laughs) This one, okay. This one's possible. As long as I can be in control again in a minute. Okay, just this one. And thereby we uh, accompany ourselves with a friendly, in a friendly way. Sometimes when we're not working with difficult things, this can be a great pleasure, to, or a subtle pleasure, to deepen and widen and let this take us further. The pleasure born of practice, of a renunciation, of renouncing, of, of letting go, of always stimulating ourselves. There can be a pleasure that can come with that. And if it does, let yourself have that. Let yourself receive that. Let that pervade just moments, it might be, of ease or spaciousness or just a very gentle, alive pulsing. Let that pervade and steep, you know, like when a tea bag goes in water and the color of the tea starts to steep into the water. Let that gentle pleasure steep and pervade and fill your body when it arises. And let the breath carry you there so that you don't have to grasp that pleasure, but neither do you have to be scared that you will grasp that pleasure. So this basis is beneficial. And today we want to open up to the second foundation of mindfulness. Mindfulness of Vedana. It's such a uh, liberating potential. What this means is to discern, to be mindful of the qualitative way we pick up contact. So contact will arise moment to moment for everybody a contact of sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, thought, image. 
that contact will be experienced by us in one of three ways. We will experience it as either pleasant, unpleasant, or neither. (laughs) Full stop. Oh, you call it period, don't you? Period. (laughs) Period. It will be either pleasant, unpleasant, or neither. Whether you're a Buddha, in one moment, and whether you're not. So what are we going to do with that? (laughs) That's, on one level, that's what we get, moment to moment to moment. This is a bare bones, we could say. It looks like it kind of reduces. Oh my goodness, is that my experience? Sometimes I would hear that teaching and think, goodness me, isn't there more to me than pleasant, unpleasant and neutral? Oh dear, these Buddhists are so dry. Mm-hmm. Right? But actually this pointer of the Buddha, I feel in my heart, as I tell you, is so compassionate. This training, so today is a training of the mind to discern in any moment if our experience is, will be but to know it as it is, to know pleasant as pleasant, to know unpleasant as unpleasant, and to know neither, you could call it neutral if you like, as that. This is a key to freedom. This is a key to handling, we may not even be here for freedom, whatever we're here for, it's a key. It's a key to handling our material. It's a a key to working with things that are tricky or difficult. And it's a key to penetrating deeply. It's a key to healing and a key to penetrating into the nature of how the mind works. We're not normally inclined to discern this level of experience unless we're trained to do so. It passes us by. Most of us aren't trained to discern, oh, this is unpleasant, this is pleasant, this is neither. Normally, in an untrained mind or when things are just a little bit too fast for us to discern anything, Pleasant, unpleasant, and neither will arise. And without us knowing it, in a flash, they have been seized upon and we react to them. Very, in a very conditional way, in a very conditioned way. And we're pretty basic in that regard. So an unpleasant contact arises and it might be a knee knee pain, it might be a difficult emotion, it might be a sound that sort of scratches my ear. And I, I register it as unpleasant, untrained, I will seize that almost as a gut reflex. I will seize that and endeavor to push it away. In doing so, I take hold of it. To push something away, we take hold of it. I push it away. And I'm in opposition. I'm in, I'm no longer able to access my metta or my immeasurables because I have seized something, the capacity to pulsate, to tremble along with, has been contracted somewhat or considerably. Usually what follows is it starts to mean something about me. Right? A story starts to build, and before we know it, the mind and the world have arisen as there's something there to get me, something I have to sort out, something I have to fix. And then we're in some kind of battle. With a pleasant contact, what might it be today? <laughs> Should we put a shopping list? <laughs> what pleasant contacts would you like today? We don't know what we're going to get, do we? But there will likely be some. All right. Whether it's a meditative pleasure or a pleasure of tasting something here, this incredible food that we are served. Whatever it is, 
the, the contact happens and we experience it at sometimes as pleasurable. Without training, that too is seized, right? Seizing it, how can I keep it? How can I have more of it? Or we tell ourselves a story about the pleasure, or we, or it's not even terrible things. We sometimes, okay, I'm going to get the recipe, and you know, I'm going to make this when I get home. And we're no longer in contact. We're no longer in contact. We're in a mind-made world, and it's fine to get the recipe. There's nothing wrong with that. Later, later. But what we're training here today is a muscle of knowing what it is to discern this precisely to discern this precisely and I'll say more why when the contact is neither pleasant nor unpleasant what happens to your mind generally in an untrained situation it's where it's the classic place where we move away it's not that something is threatening us it's not telling us I'm great right doesn't really do much <laughs> doesn't really tell me much about me right and something in us is searching for our landing spot to find out where I am in all of this Un- uh, neither this neutral quality is the place where we most lightly well in all of them we lose our capacity to resonate but here's where we get bored here's where we separate lose the capacity to tremble along with something neutral. Remember this immeasurable aspect has, as Akinchino was talking about, has as its basis the capacity to tremble along with experience, with things, with life. When it's neutral, hmm, I lose resonance, close down, and seek for something else, normally. So let's get interested in this today. It's not just a dry deconstruction of our experience. It's a heartful um, stopping of the way we can, can build and build and build unknowingly based on a contact. We can build a world that we start to inhabit in our mind. So the instruction is this. Stay with the first foundation. Let that keep deepening and widening. And have your eyes and heart open for discerning unpleasant, pleasant and neither. And the way this can work as I'm sitting and breathing. And the out-breath widens a little bit. And I register, so I'm inquiring, I'm starting to inquire a little bit. Oh, okay, what is... Oh, right now this is pleasant. It's a kind of gentle kind of pleasant, okay? Pleasant. Pleasant. I know it as pleasant. I'm less likely to be seduced by it. And also, I'm more likely to let what's wholesome and beneficial be allowed to work on me. What it means is when, wherever we wake up, sometimes we become, we're mindful at that moment, the sound arises, you know, whatever it was, I had this earring on and the mic was scratching on it the other day, right? We hear a sound, we may register it as unpleasant or not, and we know it. Oh, it's just unpleasant. That's all it is. Someone coughs. Now, you may or may not experience that as unpleasant. Could open your heart. There is no guarantee, actually, what a particular contact will um, be felt as. This is our investigation. It's not guaranteed that a particular contact will have a particular Vedana. This is our investigation. This is exciting. It's not all written. Let's find out. 
it may be that you're not mindful <laughs> at that precise moment of a contact of sound, of that kind of contact. It may be that the sound has arisen, it was unpleasant, but you didn't particularly notice that, and something in you is like, oh, right? Ever had that experience? <laughs> right? And we haven't quite noticed that that's unpleasant too, and that <clears throat> becomes, oh, God. We start thinking, oh, God, wow, should have come in the summer. People would have had less colds in the summer. Oh, yeah, it's like, oh, God, so heating's wrong. Right, and there we are. We haven't noticed that that's unpleasant either. And we're, then we're building. Right, okay, summer retreats. Like, I might go and check the internet, see what's on in the summer. Uh, okay. Uh, or, oh, pain in my leg, contract around the unpleasant. I don't see that it's unpleasant. I start to get fearful. Oh, no. If I have to have this for the next eight days, however many days, then you start counting the days, right? <laughs> That's when we start counting usually. If you're ever counting <laughs> the days, you can, well, check it out. This is what I found once. If I was counting the days left, it usually meant something unpleasant was arising right now <laughs> that I hadn't noticed that was hard to bear, right? Some, this can be really hard to bear sometimes, right? But I hadn't noticed. So any time world happening here, Check it out. Check it out. It may be that you're really far along that line, that stream, that building, that concocting, that, f that kind of house of self that gets built. And I might be right to, oh God, this isn't working for me. I can't do this. Why, what was I thinking? Right? I can, things never work for me. And we're at that point, if you wake up there, yes. You don't have to go back to some other contact or how did that happen? No, right there, right there in the moment you go, oh, what's happening here? Oh gosh, this is unpleasant. On the emotional level too, right? You don't have to figure it out or analyze it in that moment. Today let's train, oh, this is unpleasant. Sometimes it feels like it's already become like a mass a kind of a conglomerated kind of glob of where a kind of cascade of different programmings, inner programs, is kind of constellated. It's okay. Check it out. There's a world apart from, it's worlds apart to be undiscerning than to being discerning. Oh, this is unpleasant. Okay, I can sense the contraction here. I don't have to sort it all out or to untangle it all. Can I breathe? Can I soften and widen around the edges? This is unpleasant. This is universal. This is human. And can I widen my arms and start to pulsate, to tremble along with wherever it is I can tremble along. Sometimes we widen our awareness out to our arms and our legs, to the sound, to the space around us. It's like, okay, I can be with this here. I can sense the tremble. I can breathe out. This much I can handle. Not for the rest of the day, not for the rest of my lifetime. We're not asked to do that, actually. We're asked, can I bow here? Apparently, Viktor Frankl said, I've written it down, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space lies our power and freedom. And I think he's close, right? We're close. He's understanding something that speaks to this profound investigation. 
the stimulus here we're talking about can be any apparently external stimulus, but the way we experience is like a stimulus. The heart-mind will notice, will register something as pleasant, unpleasant, or neither. Between that and my response is a space, and therein lies our power and freedom. Doesn't matter if we've 30 minutes, two hours, been not in our power and freedom. Three days, two weeks, 20 years, four lifetimes, countless eons, doesn't matter. The liberating part is that where that illuminating quality that we are, that solar friend that we are, Suddenly the lights, well the light was always on, but suddenly the light's on the, on, the, on the terrain and we see what's here. This is beautiful. This is potentially liberating. Let's see. And just one more word about the neutral an advert. <laughs> this is an advert. As we come into this midpoint of the retreat, we may be able to register neutral more. I mean, maybe you can already. Or, or, and there's more and more subtlety to neutral. There's more and more terrain to be touched and explored and learn how to resonate, learn how to tremble along with. Tremble doesn't mean a particular kind of tremble. We've got different, you know, different uh, wavelengths of tremble. Right. How would it be to get really curious or at least invite ourselves to be curious? What is there for me to discover if I kneel at this altar of what is apparently not doing anything to me or for me? Can I learn to stay, learn to listen, learn to hear the whisper? This is poetic language now, but learn to listen to the whisper of what that might call us to discover. And our trust, our um, devoted attention, we can train there. Even if we don't necessarily yet know why, we would want to hang out. So... Taking your seat, letting yourself be this basic. It's a blessed relief. <laughs> Let the flesh of your body the flesh of your seat, be breathed out and give itself back, relinquishing your flesh back to your seat. Let the spine be upright. marvelous skull at the top that can rest there not rigidly still but a stillness that is alive with enough room for your belly to breathe 
Nothing you have to scurry to find out. Let the out-breath be your teacher. Let it support you in steadying. And widening. and deepening. Nothing you have to figure out. But you may notice how as the outbreath takes you to that pause at the end of the outbreath. There is also a knowing of whether that's pleasant, unpleasant, or neither. Let the experience lead. And the mind can follow.
Where is your mind now?
So, as you've heard, Vedana is uh, an experience uh, not really dependent on particular situations. We, we have loads of experiences of feeling tone any moment of our um, wake, waking life. We are impinged upon by sensory experiences which inevitably register as pleasant, as unpleasant, or as neither pleasant nor unpleasant. Sometimes neutral sounds too harmless. Uh, in fact, uh, we, uh, we're simply indifferent. We don't register. Yeah. It's not as a sort of a, a neutral, nice zero point in which things are in balance. Uh, neutral, in fact, means basically neither pleasant nor unpleasant and often enough even a trained meditative mind simply doesn't register if things don't reach a threshold they just go past us so a practical suggestion when you're going to do walking meditation you continue with your primary focus on the sensations in your feet in the movement of walking as your anchor exercise and whenever something registers strongly as pleasant or unpleasant, a sight, a sound, something that pops up in your mind, you acknowledge the intensity. You say, oh, pleasant. Meters go to the red, unpleasant. Particularly, this comes into play when you find yourself distracted away from your primary task. Plan A, you do your primary task. Plan B, you bring back your mind to the primary task when you have noticed it has gone somewhere else, as will happen hundreds of times. If your mind resembles mine, then it will happen hundreds of times. Maybe you're better off. So, And instead of just pulling it back or gently inviting it back, as I would suggest, you also ask, is what has distracted me right now? Is this of pleasant nature? or of unpleasant nature. In other words, what I have just found myself preoccupied with, is this of a pleasant feeling tone, or is it of an unpleasant feeling tone? That's one question. The second one is, is it based on my five outer senses? In other words, does it come to me through sight, sound, taste, touch, olfactory uh, quality, or obviously visual? Or does it come out of my mind? In other words, does it, is it mental in origin? Huh? So two questions. No analysis, just a little scratch statistic. Yeah? You walk, bird tweets, you like it. You notice I'm there with the bird. Um, you say, okay, pleasant, one scratch. Coming from the sensory domain, second scratch. Yeah? Back to the feet. If you're feeling that you're not quite sure whether this is pleasant or unpleasant, what happened 15 minutes ago, yeah? Forget it. <laughs> There'll be plenty more to come, yeah? So what we would like is, it's not more preferable to have only pure, unpleasant experiences than, say, these <clears throat> grubby, pleasant ones. It's not better to, not at all. But it's good to know to what extent you are affected by pleasant or unpleasant experiences, because it gives us a much better uh, chance to actually then begin to look at our reactiveness. Vedana rules our attention. Yeah. In fact, you could almost say Vedana rules. If you look at the economics of where our attention goes and how we behave, much of our behavior can be explained in terms of responding or more often enough reacting to pleasant things which we are generally moving towards and to unpleasant things which we're moving away from. There's something very, very old going on there. You string together a couple of amino acids, very simple structure, long before it does complicated things like oxygen breathing and sexuality and things <laughs> like that. The thing is going to move towards something if it feels good. If it's nourishing, it's going to propel itself with its little flagella towards it. <laughs> and if it's toxic, it'll going to move away. Yeah? And this principle holds true in our somewhat more complex minds, but in many ways, you know, it's not that complex. So this happens on the level of attentional focus, 
very much ruled by the simple decision, is this pleasant or is this unpleasant? Don't be fooled. Sometimes they come in succession. We may feel uh, initially something being pleasant and then we feel morally squeamish about it and we feel this is an unpleasant experience. I don't want to like this. Yeah? So they can come in succession. Don't be fooled. If it's too complicated, just go back to your feet and wait for an easier one. <laughs> yeah? Just a couple of practical things then. Um, we again would be very grateful for a practice leader at 11.30. Is there someone who's not in a group who would be comfortable and happy to offer that? Thank you. Julia, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I was just picking that up. There's a guided meditation today at um, the practice period that starts at 2.15 with some standing and then there'll be a guided um Brahma Vihara oriented meditation and that's the time we'll generally be doing that meditation on the retreat unless we tell you otherwise. So generally in that sitting after lunch or that practice after lunch. Also we'll be again putting up some individual interviews and we'll post them sometime between 12 and 12.30 probably. But thereabouts if you're looking for an interview the spaces will go up and if you've written us a note please check we've probably uh, responded in that form. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.